Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And we're in the extra time. Kia ora and welcome to the penultimate edition of Extra Time for the Year. I'm Stephen Hewson and I'm joined by Joe Porter, Hamish Biddleman, Barry Guy. Well, surprise, surprise, Ian Foster's the new All Blacks coach. Who saw that coming? Well, pretty much everybody, in fact, and it came down to a two-horse race, supposedly, between Foster and Crusaders coach Scott Robertson. So what now for Foster and Robertson too, for that matter? Well, having finished a disappointing third at the World Cup and a number of senior players heading overseas, the All Blacks are in a rebuilding phase. Is Foster the right man for that rebuild? Foster himself concedes he may not be a popular choice, but he's vowing to prove he deserves a shot at the top job. There's been so much debate because of the passion that's involved with this team, and clearly there was a lot of support for Scott, and I know that, and rightly so, and I guess now that decision's been made. Now I guess people just have to trust that process, and my job is to, is to show people that we, we have got a bit of freshness to this all-black team, and there will be some changes. Well, freshness is not a word you might associate with Ian Foster. Hamish Bidwell, your thoughts, because, um, what, shall we say, you weren't, or Ian Foster wasn't your first choice, was he? I can't think that he's anyone's first choice apart from New Zealand rugby's. It's really disappointing that we've got to this point. This should be one of the great jobs in world sport, and yet we were left with someone that no one wanted, and Scott Robertson, whose time hadn't come. It's quite a poor show. You would have thought they could attract better, but the people who could have been in the job knew that it was a closed shop and they weren't going to get a look at it, and so they made alternative plans. And we were left with, yeah, this this guy who's one claim to fame as having worked for Steve Hansen. It's just um, it's a bit of a joke, really. I mean, is there anything wrong with succession planning, though? It depends how good the strategy is. The strategy worked once by accident because for some weird reason after 27, 2007, when the All Blacks butchered Super Rugby by taking all the players out, then went to the World Cup with this bloated... Um, arrogant squad that got their ass handed to them by France. Um, they decided for some weird reason not to sack the incumbent coaches. And then, lo and behold, they didn't choke. They nearly did, though, four years later. Um, and so we've become wedded to succession. It's yeah. just, mm. it's a weird way to do things. The, the counter argument might be that Steve Hansen perhaps came into his own when he came out of the shadow of Graham Henry. Is Ian Foster going to come into his own joke, do you think, coming out of the, the shadow of Steve Hansen? Well, I'm not sure if he has necessarily the personality, the strength of character to do so, or the innovative approach. I wonder if he has just been Steve Hansen's lackey for eight years, for so long now, that he's just, just totally indoctrinated with that way of thinking. I mean, you look at the way that he approached this World Cup, um, their attack didn't look like it offered anything different from in previous years. There was no way that they looked to innovate and find ways around the English or South African rush defence. They really had no plan B in that semi-final when they weren't going forward. And with Foster in charge of the attack game plan throughout the last eight years, you wonder why he hadn't perhaps innovated a little bit more. So I don't think he is personally, but however, he, he sort of hinted, I guess, a little bit during the press conference <clears throat> on Wednesday that he perhaps has been held back perhaps a little bit by Hanson or has had to play uh, along the sort of, to his tune so to speak while he's been under 
his reign there and he actually would have liked to have changed some things possibly earlier but wasn't given the freedom to do so. So perhaps there is some fresh thoughts, you know, hiding away, buried somewhere in Foster's psyche that he can surprise us with. But for me, it's, it's a no. You have to say, uh, I think, that the All Blacks haven't done too badly the last few years. You know, they had that, that great run. They've been number one for a long time. Of course, they got beaten by England in the semi-finals at the World Cup. So, you know, you could look at things and say that um, the system that has been in place has produced possibly one of the best teams in the world. They got beaten in the in the World Cup. I do wonder, though, perhaps if, if this selection is reflective of New Zealand rugby in a way, in that uh, it's still possibly a bit of an old boys club. And, you know, the old boys have been in charge of uh, the All Blacks and it, it's coming through. And that perhaps New Zealand rugby, we know Scott Robertson is a little uh, bit different in his approach and uh, the way he uh, communicates with us and the public and, and his team and, and that sort of thing, that perhaps that they weren't brave enough to take the jump in some way that we're going to get something different um, you know, Crusaders are winning though, and they're winning the way that um, they want to play. So, um, you know, rather than I think just blame Ian Foster, who, who obviously isn't a bad coach, if if there are issues, it perhaps should be with New Zealand rugby. A two-year contract, Hamish. Does that suggest any nervousness from New Zealand rugby HQ? Maybe some nerves for John Plumtree if he's actually going to be. Um Foster's main assistant. If, if Foster can't win, then Plumtree can't succeed him, and that's surely why he's on board with Foster because, as we've sort of alluded to, the only mm. way to become the All Blacks head coach is to be the All Blacks assistant first, it seems. So um, Barry mentioned them not having sort of much bravery about them or being a bit sort of stick in the mud and, and, and traditional and stuff. I mean, you look at the, the, the group that's meant to be behind uh, Foster. You've got Plumtree, David Hill, Brad Moore, Greg Feek, Scott McClellan. It's not the diversity Sonny Bill Williams was, was arguing for, is it? It's, it's a real white-bred, middle-class, traditional... <laughs> conservative, you know, dull group of people. We, the All Blacks are always going to be okay. There's enough talent. These coaches aren't morons, but they're not They're not the dynamic because they're not the diverse group. They're not, there's no excitement here, is there? It's It's a bit of, oh, here we go again. Do you know what I mean? There's no... Brent Impey used the word refreshment. Well, maybe at the afternoon tea, but nothing to do with the um, nothing to do with the coaching group. They haven't refreshed things at all. It's more stale stuff. So it's, a, well, supposedly a safe pair of hands, and, and is that... Given the challenges that lie ahead for the All Blacks, uh, where does that leave them, do you think? Well, we've seen since Wayne Smith went that they're, they're short of ideas in that All Blacks group. Well, they were shown up on attack against the British and Irish Lions in 2017. They went to Britain last year, and but for a, a disallowed try and a bit of Damien McKenzie magic, they would have lost to England at Twickenham. They then got rolled in Dublin by Ireland. They've been to the World Cup, and they face the same sort of defensive structures they always get, and England embarrassed them. I mean... Where's where's the where's the improvement going to come from? It's not coming from Foster because he was the architect of that stuff. What do you think it would take, therefore, to get to the end of that two years for the New Zealand rugby to go? Actually, we're not going to sign you up for the next two, Fozzie. Well, they'd have to commit some kind of atrocity, wouldn't they? Like, um, there'd have to be some off the field debacle yeah. that reflected really badly on New Zealand rugby or something. Players misbehaving. Um, I don't say this too flippantly, but most of us could get a 60 or 70% win rate out of these blokes, couldn't we? I mean, there's so many smart people, so many brilliant talents, and there's so many guys who study defences for a living and, and can break them open in theory. Um, that, yeah, that, I just don't think that... I just think, yeah, I think some of the coaching stuff's overblown. I just like to have seen a, yeah, a better group. I think there are smarter people out there, Rennie, Joseph, Eddie Jones, 
what's Rusty Erasmus doing? Like feed income. Do we have to have a New Zealander in charge? It's yeah. time to think mm. outside the square a bit. Joe, what do, you, what do you think are the biggest challenges for, for Ian Foster as he takes up this, this role? Well, he's got to win over the public for a start because no one wanted him to get the job, it would seem. You look online and the re- bloody the, re- the sort of response to his appointment has been almost apoplectic among fans. All the online polls and all the, all the sort of sports groups on, so- on social media pages have been flooded with, with vitriol and rants as to why Ian Foster's got this job. No one thinks he deserves it. Lots of comparisons, of course, between him and Dave Rennie's record at the Chiefs and what they managed to achieve with that super rugby side and how Rennie's gone to Australia. The overseas media reaction was one of surprise. So certainly he has to win over everyone as well as his bosses, which means they've got to start winning from the very start and keep winning. And if they don't do that, then he's in, he's in trouble. As soon as they start losing to any traditional rival, if they have trouble in that July series, people are going to pile in on, on Foster because they didn't want him to be there in the first place. So that's something he's going to have to overcome. Um, I think Henry probably had to overcome the same sort of thing. Graham Henry, when he was overlooked, for, uh, sorry, when he uh, succeeded instead of Robbie Deans um, to carry on, that sort of a similar fashion. He also... Has lost a few of his good players, Sonny Bill Williams, the the Crotties, the Ben Smiths, the, you know the senior guys that have gone. They're not, I guess, necessarily. It's not like losing the likes of uh, the guys we lost after 2015, but it's still similar. It's a lot of leadership. So he's going to have to look for some fresh talent. He's got to build some depth in some areas where they haven't looked that great, and he's got to come up with some fresh ideas because defence is king at the moment. And the way that South Africa and England play, they can grind the All Blacks out any day of the week if they put in the kind of performances they did at the World Cup. So the All Blacks have to figure out a way. To beat that, either join them or find out how to innovate and get around it. Uh, I did. Uh, we talked about this, I think, with Hamish a couple of weeks ago about how much the input the players may have had in this uh, selection. And Very uh, little, that, you'd think. Well, well on no, the I mean, we had some uh, some players when they arrived back in the country backing Ian Foster and. Uh, they were very keen for him to to uh, carry on and take over the head coaching position. So, I, I I do think perhaps that that came into the equation as well. But I'm still perplexed by this whole two year deal because really, unless things fall over and I can't see that happening, uh, you know, lose a couple of games, what happens after two years? Really. Um, is there a place then for Scott Robertson who has uh, his contract with the Crusaders ends in two years' time? Does he then come into the equation somehow? But how how could he? If if Foster has done okay, would would uh, would then Robertson come as, yeah, as an right. assistant or something? Well, well, like that? Well, it comes back to what really Hamish was saying, doesn't yeah, it? Has I, has the wheels have to fall off yeah. off the field. Although I, I sort of got from Joe that. You sense that it might be less than that. Uh, you know, a, a, a sixty-five percent win record might not be enough, for example, to hold on to. As, yeah, especially now that you've got some more outspoken players within that squad, the likes of TJ Pedernara, some of the Pacific Island guys who weren't keen to see Foster succeed, who wanted some freshness and some change. In fact, you you might see guys like Bowden Barrett say they wanted to see Foster carry on, but he's one of a few guys that's already in a top position, whose position is protected, and he's happy being there and is happy for the status quo to continue. But you know, I reckon three quarters off the record of that team would have wanted a change. There's no doubt about it. There was a split within that group. You had guys like Bowden Barrett, and you had the other guys, the Sunny Bills on the other side of the coin, TJ Pettinos, who would have much rather seen a change, someone who is a little bit different with the way that the All Blacks have been running in the past, the Old Boys Club. They want all that sort of stuff shattered. They want to be able to use their social status and platform to do good for this world and not toe the company line. So I think you'll find that if things don't go that well, you'll find murmurings and mumblings among players as to their unhappiness, 
Um, as soon as that starts happening and that play of power becomes an issue, then he could face some problems. So if things don't go well, I think it might be more than an, it might not be necessarily needed to be an off-field absolute debacle. It could just be a, a couple of bad results, a little bit of in-camp disharmony, a little bit of disillusionment from some of the players, and he could be in trouble. But then again, in two years' time, if that happens... With the succession plan, does that mean that someone like Plumtree then takes over? There is still no place for Scott Robertson unless yeah. two two years out from the World Cup they go, you know, completely change yeah. and bring in someone new. Well, it worked all right for the Springboks, didn't it? Didn't it go so badly with Razzy Erasmus coming in twelve months out from the World Cup? So I mean, you know, I don't. Know, Joe Smith's floating around at that point. Warren Gatlin too. Don't forget Gatlin. Yeah, Gatlin's lines things will have will have been done in twenty twenty one, so he'll be free after that. The one, can I just come in here? It's, couple of things I'd like to say, like if you, we've all asked people questions for a living, if Joe, who works for Stephen, if I say to you, Joe, with a microphone straight off a plane, do you think Stephen <laughs> Houston should can carry on as RNZ Sports editor? You're going to say yes, exactly. because I A, put the words in your mouth, and B, because you have to. Um, so I just, I just, I don't think we can t- put much store in that, and I certainly yeah, don't think I in agree. general players' opinion should be taken a, a great deal either. Um my big thing here, and we're sort of having a bit of a go at Ian Foster, and I have been unpleasant about him, and that's cool, but my biggest issue here is the is the process. I just think it was a sham process. I think mm. it was a coronation. They were never, it was never contestable. I just, I don't believe that for a second. This this nonsense about 26 candidates that they'd approached to apply and all this, I just, it's kind of laughable. I'm, I'm embarrassed for them, and I, I think it confirms people's worst suspicions about New Zealand rugby and the way they operate. And I, I think that's more telling than, than Ian Foster. Ian Foster, as I mentioned before, will, will achieve a sufficient number of results. He won't go down as a great All Blacks coach. He's just not a great coach. But he'll do an adequate job and then someone else will take over. But I think the process was just was so flawed. I think it was quite interesting. Scott Robertson spoke for the first time, and we'll hear from him shortly, um, at the Rugby Awards the other night. And he was asked, was he satisfied with the process? Yeah. There was yeah. there was a deathly silence. A lengthy pause. <laughs> and, and then... Then he skirted around it and said, oh, "I'd just like to congratulate Ian Foster. Yeah. Oh, you know, that, that was that effect, and you know, I did my best in the interview process. Um, but yes, that there's as you're saying, Hamish. The um, he he obviously felt it was a fait accompli too. Yeah, I and mean, I'm surprised he put his hat in the ring. I mean, good on him for having ambition, but it, it sort of tarnishes him in a little bit. I mean, I think he was he was pretty bright and shiny, and everything he touched turned to gold. But he's he's come up a bit short here, and he's probably been made to look a fool. I think he's unlike the others who saw this process for what it was and opted not to participate. He has participated, and, and through no fault of his own, he's come out looking a, a little bit tarnished. Well, I suppose the other side of it might be, well, hey, if I don't put my hat in the ring, I, I, I'm not going to... The only way I'm going to get it is if I apply. Who knows? Sure, Ma- but maybe, he, he will, maybe, be, a, he will yep. be an All Blacks coach one day, oh, and yeah. a good All Blacks coach, but I, I think maybe ambition got the better of him, or, or ego. I think maybe he, he could have afforded to sit this one out and have a really good red-hot go next time. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. You know, I think I get the impression he's an optimist generally. Maybe yeah. he thought there might have been enough sort of winds of change to maybe just give me a crack. Who knows? Uh, and, and and you've got to be there. If you know, it's it's sort of like you can't. You know, if, if you don't vote, you can't really moan about the, the, the politicians that end up in power, can you? Because he, he's taken part in the process. He's given it a crack. And maybe now he walks away and goes, yeah, well, my my, my fears were were right. But hey, I gave it a crack. The other thing, of course, is. Everything's been made, or, or a lot's made about coaching, international coaching experience. He doesn't have any of that. I mean, how much of a, a factor is that? And is he now, yeah, I mean, what, what's the, the future hold for him? Yeah, I think he's, I mean, he made the comment that he learned a lot during the process. So perhaps 
<laughs> you know, knowledge is power, right? So the next time this comes round, he knows exactly what's going to go on in that, in that fait accompli type process. So he went in there expecting the worst. His worst fears were confirmed because no matter what questions were being asked of him, he knew that it didn't really matter what he said. But he got an idea of how it all works. So I guess now he knows next time going into it, he's armed with that kind of knowledge. So perhaps that was a reason for putting his name forward too. And he's got a few uh, players missing in the Crusaders next year. If he can still manage to get them into the playoffs and be contenders, you know, we'll see him as uh, one of those coaches that uh, isn't just coaching a top side. He's had to bring a bring a, a team through. So, yeah, wait and see what he does next year. Well, this is what Scott Robertson said after the Rugby Awards the, the other night. I think it's just always a natural process as a as a human. You know, like it, natural disappointment because I put everything into it. But I understand um, they think they've got the best man for the job. And you know, like I in the interview process, I. I did everything I possibly could. You know, they got who I was and um, how I, I would love to have led the All Blacks and clear with my vision and how we were going to do it. But was it to be? Yeah, they've promoted from within quite a lot. I think the last three coaches have all been promoted from within. Did you always think you were given a fair shot of getting the job? Oh, look, I probably. Yeah, look, it's been a long process. You know, like from been a good four months, isn't it? Five months feels like sort of an election in its own way and um, you've sort of been a part of it but I prepared well Look, everyone understands what I've done with my record and the, as, as, um, what I've done now is my chance as, a, as an all black coach to see what I could do for the nation and connect people and you know I had a great two and a half hours in front of the board and they went another way and are you happy to see the reaction from the fans like you're, you're the people's champ really and, uh, aren't you people, people love you oh, look, a, a big thing for me is uh, to congratulate Fozzie firstly and say um, you know all the best to him and, and thanks for all the support and look it's it's been great I'm not a big social media man myself personally but I know there's been um, you know a lot of a great public reaction and they know what they're going to get with me um, and, and I'm, I'm honest I'm on myself and, and really authentic and, and I did that and um, you know for people to see that and get the support I really appreciate it This hasn't put you off from trying again? Oh we've got a few decisions to make did you just say congratulations? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I put the text and said congratulations to him. You know, it's uh, as I said, it's been a, a big few months, and you know, it's obviously nothing personal. He's, um, you know, in, in a in a position like me, he wants to do the best for himself and the country. And I know you still got two years with the Crusaders. Yeah. A lot of people thought, okay, you'd go overseas now. Was is that something that you'd consider, or oh, you'd just go play? Out I'm coaching country? a team I love. You know, it's a. Uh, I got a lot of special moments as a player now, as a coach, and got some great bonds, and got a chance to um, do something pretty special. You mentioned earlier that you'd been here several times before and not picked up an award. Yeah. What does it feel like it now? Just, it feels quite good. Like uh, my wife's gone through a few dresses over the last six years. <laughs> she, um, I think, she was um, best on carpet um, this year. Uh, it's pretty special to, to get the national team award. You know, like I started coaching um, school rugby, club rugby. You know, you know, nine years with the NBC and then three years with Super Rugby, so there's only one more job to go. Hey, Hamish, um, Scott Robertson's future, is he going to have to go overseas and coach a, a team to, to get a real crack? No, because I, I, I don't think that he was ever in consideration for this job. I think, you know, as I mentioned the word coronation, I, I genuinely believe that. I genuinely believe that they needed some alternatives they could throw out there for appearances' sake to make it look like mm. it had been a contestable process, but I don't believe it ever was. And so I think when he says he's, he's, he's learned a bit, he's learned that he was made 
a bit of a yeah, mug right. in this situation. And so would I think to answer your question, he should go over so potentially, yes. Um, I, I would like to see him get away from Christchurch a bit, a, away from the, the beloved red and black and all that kind of stuff and experience a different culture, maybe coach a few more Polynesian guys, maybe work somewhere where they speak a different language, say France, just just broaden his horizons and his experience. People will say, well, look, he, you can't fault a guy for winning, and he has won, and, and he's won well, and he's rejuvenated a group already that was a bit stale under Todd Blackadder, and he's got a big, big job ahead of him now because they've lost some key personnel from, from this three-year run that they've had. But, yeah, I'd love to see him go somewhere and do something different, but I don't think that his lack of international experience or his um, the fact that he hasn't worked away from Christchurch counted against him because I never believed that he was actually in the hunt. I'd like to just sort of wonder and ask the panel, really, what are we going to see next year from Ian Foster? Uh, you know, we possibly don't have, have too long here, but, I mean, there are, there are personnel changes, obviously. Yeah. Are we going to see a, a change in style? I mean, I always remember Steve Hansen saying when they came to selections, it was, a, you know, the, the, it was, there was a lot of debate when they went on for uh, selections for the team naming. Um, but then I'm sure Steve Henson in the end decided who was going to play where and what. So it may be interesting to see what Ian Foster now does and uh, who he plays where and, and what he wants to see uh, from his side and what um, new guys, the year after the World Cup, you know, is he going to you know, try a few new guys or, or whatever? Or are we going to see a slight tinkering of style? Um, Joe, I, I, I mean, what do you expect next year? I'm a bit of a pessimist in this regard. I'm expecting much of the same, a continuation of what I've been dealing with for the last three years with the NZR and the All Blacks, which is press conferences that are pretty stale and boring. Um, a team that is, is playing a similar style of rugby it has been for the last three years, thinking they're innovating while everyone else is catching up at a rapid rate um, and expecting them to you know, try and play this nice, expansive brand of rugby that works well when you're playing a team that can't tackle, but when you come up against someone like the Box, who put pressure on you up front and simply beat up your forward pack, it just doesn't work. And can they beat teams like that again? That's what I'll be interested to see. So I, I'm expecting much the same, unfortunately. The All Blacks were leaders for so many years, and mm. of course possibly some of that's to do with, with Wayne Smith. But it is, you know, how how long can you continue to lead the way, I suppose, and, and other teams, all they do is analyse you and try and and try and change uh, things or defend against you. I mean, um, you know, it, it, it's going to be going to be tough. Absolutely. I, where, where are they going to find their point of difference? Because it's been being able to break down the rush defences, find a way to get outside them and score points. And in that last 20 minutes, have absorbed all that pressure and have you know, dealt with all the frustration you've had from not being able to breach those defences and then cutting loose and running right. But what we saw from England was that they were, they were never going to let them do it. They, were, they never had a chance in that game. Even when Adi Savia got that lucky try, still no one thought they were going to win because they just hadn't shown... They were kicking the ball away at all sorts of positions because they had no idea what they were doing with it, going backwards. They just didn't know what to do when they were getting back football and their plans weren't working. So, yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe they need to be they need to adopt, I think, some of the other teams' approaches. Look, the way that the All Blacks defended against England, look how much space some of those England backs had during that game. They were lucky the All Blacks didn't concede a whole lot more points in that semi-final. So I think there's a whole bunch of issues the All Blacks need to look at. Hamish, 2020, uh, on the field, what, what do you think's the the key areas of focus for Foster? Oh, I genuinely don't care. Do you know what I'm, I'm a fan. Um, I, I don't really care. I'm not an analyst of the game either. Like I, I don't want to pretend to be a rugby authority. I'm a journalist and I can suss out the wood from the trees and see what's happening in terms of what people say and what they do. But the game itself, I'd be fibbing people if I pretended I was an aficionado. Um, so what I'll be watching is Foster. He's, he needs yeah. to charm people. He's going to be working really hard 
to try and build a rapport to pretend he's affable, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's not my experience. Mm-hmm. He's hugely suspicious. He's brittle. He sees fish hooks and, and agendas and, and negativity in every run-of-the-mill question. He, mm-hmm. He's paranoid. He will work the All Blacks' media team night and day trying to work out what we are thinking and why we're thinking it and how he can combat us. I just I want to watch that because that's the person that I've come to come to know in my experience and I want to see, you know, once the um the charm offensive wears off what we're gonna get. Because I I honestly would love to see them lose and I'd love to see him under the pump. Hamish Bidwell, Joe Porter, Barry Guy, thank you very much. And that brings us to the end of extra time for this week. Uh, join us next week where we look over the good, the bad and the ugly of twenty nineteen and what twenty twenty has in store for us all. On behalf of the Extra Time team, I'm Stephen Houston. Bye for now. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.